0: What's up, everyone? This is Anthony Pompliano. Most of you know me as Pomp. You're listening to Off The Chain, simply the best podcast in crypto. Let's kick this thing off. Natalie Karayaneva is the founder and CEO of Propy, an automation platform for real estate transactions for home buyers, brokerages, and title companies. In this conversation, we discuss growing up in Russia and Bulgaria, the current fundraising environment for blockchain companies, how real estate markets are evolving globally, and where international investor demand has gone for US-based real estate. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I hope you do as well. But before we get into the episode, I wanna talk about our two sponsors today. That's right, one of them is American Airlines. They're the only company that I trust with my life while in the air. Head on over to aa.com, get you an Advantage number, and start booking flights. They go anywhere you want to go. Seriously, though, America's the only airline that I fly. If you head on over to AA.com, they got all kinds of flights. You could fly to Miami. You could fly to China. You could fly to Europe, South America. They probably even got one to Antarctica. Head on over to AA.com. I'm executive platinum. Get upgraded every time. But if you fly anything else, that's all right. I'll see you at the airport. I'll just be getting on the nice planes on American. So AA.com. Now, our second sponsor today, McDonald's. That's right, Mickey D's. Everyone knows the best restaurant in America. Why? They're consistent, they're cheap, and they got great food. There's not a person listening to this that's going to tell me they've gone and eaten a Big Mac or a McFlurry or a McChicken or how about a large fry. You walk out of McDonald's every time saying, "Mm mm-mm, damn, that was good. That's right, McDonald's. There's one on every street corner. Head on over to McDonald's. So, go check out American Airlines and McDonald's, the two sponsors for today's episode. Now, before we get into the episode, though, don't forget, Off The Chain is not only a podcast. Every morning, I also wake up and I write a newsletter to 40,000 investors analyzing the Bitcoin, blockchain, and cryptocurrency industry. Head on over to offthechain.substack.com. That's offthechain.substack.com and sign up today. Now, let's get into the episode with Natalie and see what she's got to say. Coming to you live from the new off the chain studio. Not really. We just moved the office around. Um, uh, but I'm here with Natalie. Uh thanks so much for coming to do this.
1: Sure. Thank you so much for inviting me.
0: You got your proppy shirt on, ready to go.
1: Absolutely. I love your new office.
0: <laughs> <laughs> ABC, always be closing. I like it. Um, all right. Let's uh let's jump right in. Um you are not from the United States and you've got an awesome story. So you were born in Russia. Yeah. Right? and then eventually ended up in Bulgaria. Kind of tell us how, yeah. uh, what were you doing in Russia and then in Bulgaria?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I uh, was studying software engineering in Russia and at the age of 19 I moved to Bulgaria, established my first engineering company. That's my how my entrepreneurial career started. Uh, and uh, for 15 years uh, I was uh, uh, building and constructing real estate uh, in Bulgaria. And then I thought, well, actually, I want again to build software. And so knowing all the problems I've uh, experienced uh, in real estate, I relocated myself to the U.S. four years ago. And this is how the story of Propy started.
0: All right. Let's talk about school in Russia.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: what is that like? I'm assuming it's like school in most other countries. But Absolutely. I think in America we have this uh, vision of like, Russian kids going to school and sitting there from 5 a.m. to, like, 10 p.m. and just being told,
1: learn. <laughs> yeah, learn how to code and spy on the U.S., right? <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: how? You can't say that joke. That's not allowed. Yeah. Yeah. All the Americans are now turning off the podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wait, but no, what what, what is well, that like? Well, actually, in, in, it's, a,
1: it's a great point that recently we had one account at Proppy that we didn't pass uh, the background check with mm-hmm. them because of my Russian background. They were uh, very uh, uh, resistant to, to give data to a Russian-founded uh, company. Crazy. But, uh, yeah. All right, so, what,
0: so what's school like in Russia as you study computer science?
1: Um, yeah, so uh, it, it's an international university of nature and computer science close to moscow Uh, and the beauty of this university is that the first two years you have to learn uh, many subjects including software engineering even if your major like mine was uh, um, environmental scientist. And then the others were lawyers, uh, economists. They had to learn how to code. Oh,
0: everyone learns.
1: Yeah, the first two years, everyone had to learn how to code. Uh, and I just loved it. That was my first experience with a computer. Before that, I never touched the computer, even though I had a dream to, to do it. And But this uh, led me to actually transition from the environmental studies to uh, coding engineering department. And I used to help all of the, like, uh, those artistic majors to code and then and, and do their work uh, the first year. Yeah,
0: That's awesome. Um, all right. So you learn how to code and you pretty much know, hey, I'm going to go do this instead of uh, the environmental work. Um, why go to Bulgaria?
1: Um, our university was international. Okay. You're putting
0: that in air quotes. Why are you putting that in air quotes? Uh,
1: because, uh, the only international students we had was from other post-communist country, which was a Bulgarian group. Uh, (laughs) and so, yeah, I, I met, uh, my, um, now ex-husband mm-hmm. in the university i relocated myself to bulgaria and um yeah so this is how i ended up uh, in bulgaria um
0: so most people know that uh i'm fond of bulgaria now uh now yeah. that uh, polina is in my life uh, yeah um, and uh i've been to bulgaria numerous times where in uh, where in the country were you in Sofia? Um
1: I used to live in Sofia in Plovdiv in the on the sea coast. Uh, right now our engineering team sits in Sofia, mm-hmm. but before that I was constructing resorts on the sea coast, so it was a, a lot of fun. It's nice there. <laughs> yeah, it is beautiful. You you know that. Yeah.
0: Uh, so what is that like? Like how, how do you go from software development to building resorts?
1: Yeah. Um, so my first company was in a small garage mm-hmm. and I was um, coding simple applications primarily web application for small businesses mm-hmm. and some real estate developers and then Bulgaria as you know it's a new European Union country uh, they uh, announced uh, that they will join the European Union so suddenly those British investors were coming to Bulgaria uh, to acquire properties and build and I was looking at the f- couple first buildings appearing on the seacoast, and I thought okay it looks like uh, it's a very capital intense and lucrative business uh, so I, I went to UK I went to Russia Latvia talked to potential customers figure out what they want and told to my engineers okay now we're gonna acquire land do awesome renderings of future buildings and sell them cross borders so this is what made me to transition our engineering team to So you, construction. Took, you, the, <laughs> you took
0: the engineers that you had, yeah. and you would buy land, yeah. then you would have the engineers create building renderings, just drawings yeah. of them basically. Yeah, and they were
1: the the most beautiful, sophisticated renderings, <laughs> and people were buying those uh, real estate pieces, cross borders, without coming and seeing even the site, so the site was empty.
0: So you would sell the land, or you would sell them on investing to build the property, like to build uh, out I I would building. sell
1: condos, Got so it's it. okay. a resort full of condos with like spas, restaurants, and so on. Mm-hmm. So they would buy a future unit that I would uh, build, and then you would build it. Yeah, and I would build it within one or two years. And normally they would be all very happy with execution that mm-hmm. everything is just like it, it was uh, projected and designed uh, for the pictures, but everything was tech-driven. Like uh, We had our own CRM system, we had programmers to make sure uh, we're, we're having the tracking system of our customers, uh, and it, that was 2005.
0: Yeah, yeah. and um, so one of them, the theories I have is that Bulgarian real estate's gonna make a resurgence. You, th- you agree? Uh,
1: well with the reason I decided to relocate myself from mm-hmm. Bulgaria is actually we my company was able to drive all that interest to Bulgaria from Russia Latvia so the UK was uh, uh, interested there anyway? You know they 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 love real estate globally, uh, but then 2009 and 10 the interest started to decline. So there is there is no more such an interest f- from foreign investors. Not only uh, because um, there is a decline of those international home buyers, but also the economic situation. The political is is really depressing there. Um, So yeah, as soon as there is no such um, an influence from direct foreign investment, the local uh, community also stopped investing in real estate. And it's very affordable. Uh, So yeah, I would agree that uh, the real estate industry, they won't uh, see any more.
0: uh, Oh, you think they won't see any more uh, uh, interest? No. All right, here's my theory. ready?
1: (laughs) Tell me, yeah.
0: So before Instagram nobody really knew about iceland yeah right and then all of a sudden some people go and they take a picture in iceland and they put it on instagram and just, oh my god it looks so beautiful yeah and now iceland's popping off like yeah. everyone loves iceland yeah right? <laughs> and there's a bunch of these places around the world where that's happened bulgaria is a place that a lot of people don't know about they couldn't find yeah. it on a map you know et cetera. Yeah. but they have the sea they've got the mountains et cetera at some point over the next five years, my guess is that people are gonna yeah. quote unquote discover Bulgaria, yeah. and then they're gonna all start going there, and, yeah. and it's like this whole thing.
1: So this is what I did in 2005, <laughs> 2000, 2010. You did that 15 years ago. Yeah, I actually opened the eyes of Russians, which is a huge population. Yep. I opened their eyes to Bulgaria. I invited uh, TV shows there, reporters, uh, influencers like yourself. Mm-hmm. So what might happen now- I'm not, I'm
0: not a Russian influencer.
1: Yeah, but what what <laughs> may happen now is uh, an American influencer will drive an American interest to Bulgaria, and maybe we'll ha- we'll see a new wave in Bulgaria mm-hmm. uh, to be discovered by Americans. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh,
0: I think it it's gonna happen. Cool. Yeah, we'll see.
1: let's do that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. So, uh, how much did a condo cost at one of these resorts? Oh,
1: yeah, it's super cheap—like fifty thousand dollars. Fifty
0: thousand dollars for a condo, and that yeah. was in two thousand five.
1: Uh, right now you can buy a property for $50,000 with uh, one bedroom. Oh, okay, uh, so
0: now it's 50000 even yeah. then it was even probably cheaper than?
1: Back than then, uh, for example, I could sell a property in 2007 for uh, $30,000, next year it would be 90, so uh, 3X. Wow. Yeah, we did that with my property.
0: That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, sounds like uh, some crypto investments.
1: Absolutely. Uh- <laughs> it was that hype of a market, and we were part of the creation of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Because it's a beautiful country. It's really beautiful country uh, with the seacoast, the mountains, the talent, uh, uh, the food. Uh, everything mm-hmm. is natural, organic. Uh, also, it could become Sophia is becoming a, a technical hub. There are many talented Google. There's a bunch yeah, of places there. Uber, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Hewlett Packard, and uh, the engineers there are very talented and very disciplined.
0: And they work hard.
1: Yes, they, <laughs> they do. They're they don't benefited. complain
0: like the people <laughs> in America sometimes.
1: Absolutely, 24-7.
0: Yeah. Um, all right, so how do you go from building the resorts yeah. to running a real estate technology company?
1: Um, yeah, so I've met many high net worth individuals acquiring properties in Bulgaria, Dubai, UK, and they all had this stress like, okay, I want to buy property in London and also I want to buy property in Silicon Valley, but the process is different and I'm not sure if I will be fooled. So we saw this pain and it just I, I got very very excited like hey we have the opportunity here, a huge opportunity to automate the process and we know how to make it internationally. Uh, so this is how I came here for one real estate conference for the first time in America made this visa uh, in those times it was easy uh, And uh, yeah I came here and the, the American real estate community was very welcoming and saying you have to do it here. Um, yeah, so this is how I transitioned into the property.
0: G- got it. And then that's when you moved to the US four years ago. Yeah. What What was the first city you went to in America?
1: San Francisco.
0: Uh, what was your uh, initial impression?
1: Uh, You would be surprised. It was very, very good. Somehow, I missed all the homeless part and all the disasters. I don't know how, but for the first week, I kind of didn't see that. Uh, And I loved the city. I loved Mm -hmm. the community. Every single meeting I would go to in San Francisco or in the Bay Area, in the Peninsula, all people are so welcoming to newcomers. They would ask, how can we help you? Can we make an introduction? You need to meet this person or that person. So that was a big changing environment for me because before that, I considered to move to Dubai or Monaco or London. Um, Those are all
0: horrible places. Very (laughs) 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 bad. What a list! London, Dubai, or Monaco? Oh my god! All right. So I had a
1: hard time to decide.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you you choose San Francisco, right? And um, you knew that you were going to go try to solve this problem, but. Had yeah. you already started Proppy yet? or yeah. uh, Okay, you had already started the I just the bought
1: the proppy.com domain. So I knew that I want to build a global listing, something like Zillow, but uh, global with an ability to talk by properties uh, with a couple of clicks. Obviously, in order to to make this process with a couple of clicks, I knew that I will need hundreds of millions of dollars to make it as a technological infrastructure. So we just started as an infrastructure, like a listing platform. Very simple uh, and then I started to, to go around and meet many, many engineers who can solve cross-border payments, who can solve, uh, paperwork and process. And this is when I got to know blockchain.
0: Got it. Um, and so when you first started, you didn't have any clue that blockchain or crypto would be a part of the business. No. but Quickly figured that out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. And so tell us what exactly is Proppy doing today?
1: Yeah, property today uh, uh, probably is the only solution that uh, is dedicated to automate the entire home buying process, the closing process, from the offer to recording. And uh, the infrastructure level is powered by smart contracts, uh, but on the front end, it's all easy to understand for the home buyer step-by-step wizard how to acquire property.
0: Got it. And... Does the same thing apply when you're selling those resort um, condos? Yeah. I don't have to go see the property. Yeah. Right. Back then they weren't looking at them. Today I don't need to see it because you guys are doing what? Like like what information yeah. are you providing me on the platform? And are you guys doing like the due diligence for me to make sure mm-hmm. that the property it says? You know, it is what it says, or, yeah. or how does that work?
1: Well, actually, uh, we're for now, our focus is a closing process, which means that you've made a decision. And we always recommend our customers to come and see uh, the property. Uh, but there are many cases, like our first transactions were all made uh, remotely with not even like seeing a property. Uh, so yeah, we're just focusing on the closing process. Even when I was constructing and selling properties in Bulgaria, and they're cheap, uh, many of our customers, like half of them, would not come and see the property, but we always like recommend them strongly to see what they're buying, and then afterwards to, to make the closing.
0: Got it. And so today, if I find a property that I wanna buy, do I need to have that property on Proppy? Like, it, does it already have to be listed? No. Or I can talk to the seller and say, hey, let's go ahead and actually finalize this transaction, go on Proppy, create an account, et cetera?
1: Yeah, that's correct. So you can find a property. You may have an agent and the seller has an agent. You tell to your agent or the seller, hey, I'm ready to close and uh, I'd love to make it securely and faster, so let's use Proppy.
0: Got it. Uh, where does crypto come in?
1: Uh, the crypto is coming on the smart contract level. Uh, so every single transaction step is powered by smart contracts, uh, and our goal is to eliminate all the manual work. Right now there are 20 participants in every deal, at wow. least that's minimum, that has to do manual verification, and they input data manually again and again and again. So at the point when uh, the transaction is going to a recording, there is a 20% uh, rate of mistakes uh, from manual work. Uh, so when Where smart contracts is is coming, Um, the mission is that we're doing e-recording and ownership transfer uh, when software detects that the payment wire transfer is executed and the paperwork Mm -hmm. is executed. This is why every single step is handled by smart contracts. Obviously, it's not seen by the users. And uh, for every single transaction on our platform, we have a token that unlocks the access to smart contracts.
0: And do I need to buy the property in crypto like do i pay in bitcoin or ethereum uh or can i pay in dollars
1: you can do both you can do any currency we work with 40 currencies uh fiat and all the cryptocurrencies we did transactions in bitcoin ether uh what's
0: the weirdest one
1: uh well not the weirdest, but I love this first transaction that we did 2017, the first ever blockchain uh, and a power transaction. It what happened? In Ether. And uh, the, the buyer, Michael Arrington, oh, bought that a guy's property. Horrible. <laughs> Michael Arrington, what a bad guy. <laughs> he did a good transaction, though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, Michael's great.
1: Yeah. Obviously. I know. Obviously. And uh, I tried to get him to come and deals
0: with us. I, I, hey man,
1: let's go! Yeah, I know he's listening <laughs> to this right now. He
0: he's probably laughing right now. All right, go ahead.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, regards. <laughs> and um, <laughs>
0: she said, "Regards."
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, sitting here in New York, exactly. and Michael being in, um, yeah. Um, so the uh, the transaction was fabulous in a sense that um, ether were transferred uh, to acquire property. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Ukraine, the seller was in New York, uh, and uh, the smart contract hold the funds till we get the data uh that the paperwork is in place and the signature with notaries approved and notary actually uh approved the transaction on the platform and then once the ownership transfer happened which we had a data uh, on uh, because of our uh, governmental pilot uh the uh, smart contract released the funds to the seller and uh to other parties associated so it actually disrupted the escrow function uh, entirely, so that was the the uh, the interesting part of the uh, transaction back then, and what this is what we're aiming here in the U.S. Because the majority of our deals here are happening with wire transfers in dollars, it's like ninety nine point nine percent, and we're aiming to do the escrow function with smart contract capability.
0: Got it. And so, in that first transaction, uh, Mike was sitting in California. The seller's sitting in New York, but the property's in Ukraine.
1: Yeah, that's correct.
0: It's pretty complex, but you guys can automate yeah. that.
1: All remotely, everything automated. Everything is uh, recorded and there are hashes on smart contracts now. You can go to Etherscan, find the transaction, see the movement of money.
0: Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, look out 20 years. What does this grow into? Right, like, like where Where are you kind of building towards?
1: Yeah. In twenty years, we envision Proppy to be Propy.com to be uh, an international e-commerce platform where people are uh, finding this property they want to to see uh, to buy. Uh, they would see it and they would come and they would have an experience like on Amazon. Uh, they go through a number of clicks and they got the deed registered that right there on the platform. It's a very easy way to transfer money. You would put your bank account, if banks still exist in the way they exist today, uh, and you would get your deed. Uh, No worries, no anxiety. Uh, Enjoyable process, just like we love our iPhones. You would love, actually, the process of of home buying uh, because it's one of the most valuable assets in our lives.
0: Mm -hmm. And do you do fractional ownership, or is it just I own the property or I don't?
1: we had a number of requests, probably over $1 Billion uh, worth of requests. One day we just said and, and counted them all, of uh, from institutional uh, players to tokenize their real estate. So we have great expertise uh, on that, um, but we don't do that.
0: But you don't do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have right.
0: that. Will you potentially do it in the future? <laughs> maybe, maybe. maybe.
1: Oh, I right. mean, once we have this marketplace up and running for many, many countries and many buildings. Uh then obviously why not to also offer hey invest $1,000 in this building mm-hmm. or that building or or in a resort.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um what are you seeing globally in real estate? So I so I want to talk a little bit about uh kind of the macro economy uh and real estate for a second because um real estate similar to stocks mm-hmm. has been going up, yeah. right? Yeah. Value keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. Uh, as we know as students of history, that yep. can't go on forever. Yeah. Um, and so there's likely to be a market downturn at some point in the future. It
1: is happening already. It's already ha- it ha- okay, happening. Okay, ex- explain that. Uh, Silicon Valley, San Francisco market are all soft for over 15 months.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: It's It's been soft. Uh, uh, some markets are turning from seller market to buyer market. Uh, Dubai had a disaster in the last two years after... Uh, even announcing the Expo 2020, and everyone was hoping that the market will outperform, Mm -hmm. uh, but instead it it had at least 40% uh, down rate. Um, So, yeah, you are right. We're in this uh, time when the the real estate market is softening globally. But at the same time, there are so many uh, emerging markets where the properties are um, underestimated, like Bulgaria, for example. It's still a very, very affordable market. And uh, there are a number of countries where they just figured how to avoid fraud and make more efficient title registry. Uh, In fact, seven no 9 trillion dollars are unrecorded today and it's dead capital in real estate which will come to the uh, to the economy one day and obviously why you would invest in a property in silicon valley where the minimum check is 2 million dollars where you can invest in uh 200 countries uh with uh, a couple thousand 50 grand. Yeah, 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 yeah yeah exactly and you know that uh, they would appreciate
0: for sure um One of the pieces that is interesting here in the U.S. – so take New York, for example. Mm -hmm. I read that 50% of the construction since 2015 of high-rise condos, only 50% has been sold. So there's incredible amount of uh, supply that has come online – That there's just no demand for.
1: Really? I didn't know about that.
0: And one of the reasons why uh, in one of these articles I was reading is because foreign investment has gone down. Okay. So basically one of the things that you got to think about in terms of uh, real estate for the people listening, you you obviously know this, um, is we sit here and we say, hey – there's a lot of people who want to buy real estate. Yeah. And we said let's go build real estate, right? Yeah. We're going to build high-rise condos. Yeah. That sounds like a great idea. You know, yeah. today uh, uh in January 2020, let's say. Yeah. Well, it takes us a year to build it or more, right? Yeah. 18 months. Yeah. But by the time it gets done, now all of a sudden nobody wants to buy it, yeah. right? Like the do- <laughs> the demand's gone away. Yeah. And so that lag is actually pretty painful for real yeah. estate developers and they're faced with do they offload the inventory at below market yeah. prices and, and yeah. try to recoup something or do they hold it yeah, right and, and kind of sit
1: on it yeah, sit on the, uh, it's pretty flow. crazy to
0: kind of see it happen
1: well it's not happening in the bay area for sure and in san francisco because there is still a huge lack of uh, housing mm-hmm. of course affordable housing is the main asset uh, the the region lacks uh but in terms of real estate development, yeah, this is what I was doing before. I, I see the interest and demand, and then uh, my company would build a lot of inventory, and we sell it, but then we saw uh, the uh, um, the interest was softening, and we just stopped doing that. Um, so uh, in New York, uh, because foreign investors... I now had to pass through more KYC than I used to. Uh, It refers to Russian investors, Chinese investors, and of course uh, the majority of local communities, they don't want uh, the outsiders that don't occupy buildings. Uh, uh, So some of the cities like uh, Vancouver, for example, they actually introduced taxes for foreign investors.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah,
1: 15% tax on top of the uh, uh, property price uh, so that they encourage more the local community to occupy. Um, those uh buildings
0: yeah um, it, it's pretty crazy how um real estate is such a like well established game right yeah like, like it, it's been around forever yeah and people still make the same mistakes. Mm-hmm. People still uh, make a lot of money off of it. Yeah. Um, and there's the same cycles that you would see in real estate and every other market. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of this, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's a, one of the most outdated industries, uh, but it's worth $280 trillion uh, globally. So it's a That's huge... more than Bitcoin. Yeah. A little <laughs> bit just more, right? Just a little right? bit. Little bit. <laughs> For now. Yeah. For now, but the reality is that the population is growing mm-hmm. we will need more inventory we will need more homes we will need more buildings and yes, in some local regions like here in New york uh, they might be we we reach some uh highest peaks in in price and this is now the market has to adjust uh but in the majority of places uh even though the market will soften but we we probably won't see any crashes
0: yeah it, it's um it's really interesting to think through, right? Because there's some counterintuitive components to it. Um, but we'll see. What, what What's the general environment right now as a founder in terms of fundraising mm-hmm. and, and kind of um interesting crypto, etc. cetera? Like you're doing this every day. What do what you yeah. see in there? And how are investors feeling about blockchain and crypto companies?
1: Yeah. Um, so... As a founder, obviously, I had to um, fundraise, I have to build a product, I have to sell. Uh, we're 30 people right now in the team. Um, when we talk to investors, um, it's it's very different now in comparison to 2018. In 2018, we probably was were bond, uh, bombarded by emails from VCs every single week from generalists, from top VC's, like, yeah, the blockchain is cool. And also you're applying it to a real industry. Uh, And now it seems like they all are afraid of uh, the blockchain and related investments. But in every single VC that is not focused on the blockchain, they always have this young associate or young partner that is super excited uh, about cryptocurrencies and, and uh, uh, blockchain. And they always try to push through the senior uh, partner or, or investor uh, to find a way still to, to be uh, at least to research or, yeah. or, or, or invest.
0: Do you think that that changes in the short term or do you think that it feels like this is going to be how uh, the sentiment will be among venture capitalists for a while?
1: Um, it's a hard question. Yeah, I'm not sure. Probably, uh, it yeah, maybe two, three years it will be staying the same. Um, um but I see more and more VCs, traditional ones, that are not focused on uh, blockchain, have uh, still blockchain-related companies in their portfolio, and they start to perform. Mm-hmm. Uh, they start to have exits, acquisitions, uh, so they tend to prove themselves as very valuable businesses.
0: Yeah, so it's kind of like if they see success in the investments they've already made, they'll get more excited and, yeah. and kind of pour capital. I, mean, I think yeah. it makes sense.
1: Yeah, especially those that are now that have invested in Ripple, on, in Coinbase, and now they became giant companies. Obviously, they uh, they tend to be those that can attract more LPs and more investments. Mm-hmm. The same with venture capital and early stage startups.
0: You, you mentioned Ripple. Has anybody bought a house or property with XRP yet?
1: We had a number of sellers uh, listing in XRP in 2018. Uh, but then we didn't have any sales, unfortunately. No sales? Yeah. Oh, man.
0: Brad <laughs> Everybody, would have been excited.
1: I know. Uh, I, I think he actually retweeted uh, one of those listings. Uh, <laughs> but at, at that point, the majority of people uh, felt that they had to hold and, and wait uh, the mm-hmm. market to recover, which never happened. Yeah. Till now,
0: well, well, we'll see what happens. We'll see, right? <laughs> We're
1: believers. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. What um, what, what's the one lesson that you've learned uh building property? Like like right now, just one. At, the, well,
1: just at this point
0: in time, like what, like what's the one big takeaway that you have so far that maybe when you went into building a business you didn't know or, or think about, but now you're like, oh, this is what I've learned.
1: As a founder, right? Yeah, of course. Blockchain space. No, just
0: yeah. company building.
1: Um probably um be ready to learn every single week. like the very often we would discover something like, hey, that's the path to go and we would stick to it for two, three, four months, and then we would realize, oh no, uh, that's a mistake. So every single week to be learning, reading, and asking uh, successful people in your field that uh, that have already proved for their mentorship uh that was very because we did a lot of mistakes obviously as every startup we did many many successes we did all those historical transactions we proved to the world that blockchain can work for a real industry for real case uh but just never stop learning and there Mm -hmm. are so many amazing books um yeah, I'm just asking on Twitter, like following you and seeing what uh what articles people are reading and liking. <laughs> this is helpful as well.
0: <laughs> I it's one of my favorite things I do because people actually find really high quality articles. Yeah. Like it, I I tweeted it, I don't know one Saturday and tweeted it again. And I generally was interested, like, what are people, you know, reading? Um, So I could kind of be lazy and just have yeah. them send me stuff. And then uh, it yeah. was so valuable that I just kept doing it. Now yeah. I'm and like, then it oh, became a
1: routine, right? Yeah.
0: It's amazing.
1: Yeah. Um, and we follow that. I can't believe all
0: these <laughs> smart people are actually sending me stuff to read. Yeah. Um, But w- what, um, okay. So being willing to learn something new every week, do you do anything from like a habit standpoint that, yeah. uh, you do intentionally for learning
1: yeah what? uh yeah we we just uh, discussed it uh now with your colleague uh that joe
0: joe's yeah. sitting in the corner <laughs> joe's got a new desk he's he's fucking balling over in the corner
1: <laughs> thank you joe yeah and he updated me with your fantastic metrics that you're doing so great with the podcast like don't yeah.
0: tell anybody that we have 10 million downloads a month Come on, don't don't share that
1: <laughs> so congrats <laughs> I wish you um, guys could
0: see Joe's face. Joe's bright red and he's dying laughing because there's really 12 million downloads a month. All right, go ahead.
1: That's a great asset, actually. Um, I think you you guys are a great team. Um, yeah, back to routine. Uh, Joe's
0: just trying to sell ads, that's all. <laughs> all right, so great team.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Great team, congrats on that. And um, uh, your previous podcast was fantastic as well. Uh, this book... Uh, Lo- oh,
0: Kamal. We're recording this right after uh, we just recorded it with uh, Kamal Ravikant, uh, yeah. the author of Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends on It.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Pretty good. Pretty good uh, title. You like
0: those kind of books, right?
1: Absolutely. And this is what I got into my schedule of uh, learnings. Uh, a lot of business books okay. uh, and a lot of psychological books on how to be more effective and productive and how to make uh, my family especially my daughter, teenage daughter, how to communicate with her better in more effective way because I can learn a lot from uh, experiencing uh, the daily life but sometimes you just read a book and know how to deal with the, with the specific situation. Uh, so my habit is whenever I go to gym, uh, I have this one hour to listen to a podcast. And I have this queue of those items that I want to hear, as well as uh, when I go to massage, which I also have a routine <laughs> on. <laughs> uh, also, I have a podcast. And it's uh, I consider those uh, hours as uh, like work hours because learning. I, yeah, learning for some Something specific I need in my business today. So during the day, it's always something specific I need to learn today to make my company better.
0: What's the best business book you've recently read? What would be a recommendation? Recently,
1: oh, this one I love. It. Uh, From Impossible to uh, Inevitable uh, by Aaron Ross and James uh, Jason Lemkin. It's on SaaS. From
0: Impossible to Inevitable. Yes. Okay.
1: Okay. Uh, or the book they uh, Aaron Ross uh, published previously, it's a Bible for B two B sales, uh, predictive uh, revenue. Uh, yeah, this is a book the phenomenal for B two B sales Got it. Uh, and for sales in general. Uh, how to practically do it? How to build the team mm-hmm. or how to rebuild, restructure some tactics? Then I really love the book Negotiate. Uh, uh, negotiate uh, by Chris uh, Vox uh, by the FBI uh, negotiator oh, uh, how to
0: negotiate yeah. uh, but that's not what never it's called split yeah, never split
1: the difference uh yeah
0: Chris Voss the uh, former FBI negotiator yes
1: that's correct that was also fantastic then the CEO within Mm-hmm. Uh, a recent one uh, by a, a CEO coach. Again, very practical on how to be an effective SEO, how to build OKRs, KPIs, how to score your team yourself. Um, yeah, so those items are very, very helpful.
0: What about the psychological books?
1: Yeah, the one I uh, recently loved is uh, The Courage uh, to be Disliked. Uh, then the Nonviolence uh, Communication
0: so, nonviolent communication and the courage to be disliked.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Those I really like. Uh, normally, um, like those motivational speakers like Tony Robbins mm-hmm. and so on, they don't very much. Um, relate to me because they empower you to act, execute, and go and do something. And I have an opposite problem. I (laughs) I want everything to execute, I have tons of ideas. You need somebody (laughs) to tell you stop, breathe, slow down. Yeah, exactly, like stop, focus on one thing, do just one thing at a time if you
0: don't want to pay tony robbins twenty thousand dollars to tell you to go act you can pay me twenty thousand dollars i'll tell you stop breathe <laughs> <Okay>. chill out
1: <laughs> i will next time
0: <laughs> um and then what uh what is it like raising your daughter who as you said is a teenage daughter yeah in today's society with tiktok instagram yeah. twitter uh i don't uh, tinder whatever yeah. other things she yeah, can have on her yeah, phone yeah. like like what is that like as a parent
1: it's tough. It's uh, always negotiating, and this book, Never Split the difference. Helps.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you negotiating with her over?
1: Yeah, How so old is she? She's 13. She just oh, 13. turned 13. Okay. Uh, she has never been into Instagram, social media just okay. yet, but I feel she's turning into that, and she's very much into iPad, watching YouTube videos now they were more like okay uh doing some stuff crafts so mm-hmm. i was kind of okay it's not that bad but then very often she would not do her routine stuff she's really great in homework uh when we moved to uh, to the us uh, she was actually very self independent mm-hmm. 9 years old uh but she would go to the school all alone she would wake up <clears throat> herself she would make <clears throat> past for herself, um, so we just had to survive and, and be um, self-efficient, because uh, I couldn't afford uh, nannies or something like that. And uh, But then, now this iPad and always being on screen, uh, it's very, very hard to what find What does she Alan. watch on
0: YouTube now?
1: Um, I wish she was just uh, watching your podcast, but <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: Our podcast gets fifty thousand uh, downloads a day on YouTube. Too, no worries.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get in, her into crypto. We're talking very often about Bitcoin. She knows that you can buy uh, a house with a token. Ah. <laughs> yeah, she knows that stuff already. Uh, but she's just watching some teenage uh, series plus like the influencer
0: craft. stuff and and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. stuff.
1: And then like doing slimes, so, also those childish stuff mm-hmm. like toys and wrapping. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. uh and then what to wear yeah uh,
0: it's crazy to me uh i obviously don't have any kids um although polina would tell you i am a kid Uh, (laughs) but the rise of the devices the connected devices the social media etc um yeah i remember as a kid like my mom and dad had a pretty good idea what i was doing right Mm -hmm. like I see what you're watching on television. Yes. I know what video games you're playing. Like, like the the things that were going into my head, the content, yeah. they pretty much knew. Yeah, I feel like parents don't know that anymore. Yeah, right. right? Or now at least have a, scary. they have a harder time knowing what their kids are Absolutely, doing. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, which could be good or bad, right? Look, maybe you got a kid that yeah, you know wants to learn. Some and stuff. age,
1: yeah, they just need to know that they have borders because sometimes with internet. Uh, they feel they can do whatever they want, but...
0: Well, they can. They can do whatever they they want. You don't don't want them to. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But uh, there are many apps with, like, parent control, but it's an additional work for a parent. Okay, you have, again, those apps. You have to control, see what's going on. But uh, I agree with you. Uh, Just paying attention and look what what they're excited about, that helps to understand where their minds are into. Um, But, yeah, our childhood was easy, and we had, like... You know the TV channel with a with a program. You have fifteen minutes cartoons <laughs> and <Exactly>. Saturday movie.
0: <laughs> well, the uh, the conspiracy theorists would say that the state was programming people, right? They're, yeah, we're they're gonna tell you what you're gonna watch. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly.
1: It's and not- you're like looking forward, okay? It's on your schedule.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> and then you're bored between those. This time in our childhood, we were very bored. What to do in between? So we mm-hmm. were very creative and loving nature, going exploring what's. Happening happening outside kids
0: don't go outside come on they, they if they the only thing they know about the forest is they saw it on their ipad <laughs> yeah exactly youtube
1: since <laughs> I, I got a
0: 23 year old brother who oh. uh was uh in new york city no joke for two weeks doing an internship he was two weeks into his summer internship this is two years ago and uh we had to go to uh st louis uh my brother was getting married Mm-hmm. Uh, not him, but another one. Yeah. And so when we get there, uh, the entire like bridal party or whatever went golfing, the, all the guys. And we're out on the golf course. And I hear my 23-year-old brother, who's been in New York City for legitimately two weeks, hit mm-hmm. everyone with, uh, man, it's so great to see like, trees and stuff. Oh, my God. <laughs> and we all looked at him like, shut the hell up. How about Central Park at least? You've been there for two weeks.
1: <laughs> yeah, actually, I think that's my main challenge because I love to... Um, to rest in nature, mm-hmm. going parks and hikes. And it's very hard to get out my family from the house and, and get do that. And it's very hard for me to actually make her love nature and explore like,
0: yeah, and, yeah.
1: Uh, but we made it as a habit now. Um, so she knows that she just has to do it because it's a family tradition now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a good way to get her to do it, right? Yeah, Is it, yeah, it's yeah. family tradition. Um, all right. So before I get into rapid fire questions, I feel like for people to be a user of property, they've mm-hmm. got to understand real estate. And most people will do that on their own, right? They'll yeah. go figure out how to learn about real estate. Hey, I want to buy property, yeah. whatever. But one of the things that strikes me is I've got to know about other countries' real estate, right? So mm-hmm. I don't. I, I understand the US or you know New York City or San Francisco, whatever. I can mm-hmm. find that stuff out. I can talk to people who live there, mm-hmm. whatever. How do you suggest people learn about other countries' real estate markets? So- Ukraine, Bulgaria, yeah. whatever. If I don't go there, how do I actually get a good sense for what's going on in that market?
1: I think that that w- what will happen in 20 years. With Proppy or with another competitor, mm. this is what will happen. We'll no, have- with
0: Proppy, come on. Of we'll course. No
1: <laughs> uh, the, uh, the world will, will come to a one platform that they have trust to eat, like an Amazon, uh, we have the trust that th- the good will be delivered. Uh, then there will be one platform where you will be able to to trust that the value of a certain property in Bulgaria or London is the one that uh, should be. And the property is actually physically there because what happens in other countries, they don't have MLS systems, they don't have national Association of realtors at all. And there are just many, many frauds. Agents very often there are fraudulent, they're not licensed. Uh, so there are a lot of scams happening and you, would want, you wouldn't want to risk and buy a property this way. So now you know, okay, maybe I want to buy a property in Sofia for, like, I don't know, $30,000, which is nothing, but it's it will appreciate potentially. Uh, and then uh, you have to go there, you know, you have to invest time. Or oh, with a platform in the future, Uh, You would just trust the system. You would read what's going on with the country, with the economical and political situation. Uh, You will trust the valuation because it will be based uh, on data. Uh, Yeah, so this is how I envision that the world will be more, in real estate, will be more uh, open, transparent, uh, and maybe even a little bit uh, homogenic. Because right now we have so many differences, Mm -hmm. Uh, but maybe at some point we actually will come to a more homogenic market
0: Yeah. It's pretty crazy to think about uh, how much real estate has changed, yet how fragmented the knowledge is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Very fragmented. Yeah. And the process is very uh, full of frictions. Yeah.
0: What do you think the most important company in crypto is other than proppy?
1: In crypto, company, not protocol.
0: You could name a protocol.
1: Well, I'm the believer in Bitcoin and- uh, Great I'm, answer. Of <laughs> course, uh, Bitcoin standard, right? Uh, I just respect all the teams uh, that are working on the protocols, mm. Algorand, Near, Ethereum. Uh, we're developing Ethereum, so we see a lot of negative parts as well. Uh, but I think, I mean, the main thing now is to have the real adoption. This is mm. what we are aiming Uh to have those enterprise, and we have the support of U.S. institutional uh, partners already. Uh, Then when we provide the value, when we see uh, finally that blockchain brings the trust and change to the industry like real estate, uh, then we need all those protocols, the underlying technology, the first uh, layer and the second layer. Uh, And so it's amazing that those teams are working on developing uh, them, even though still there are no real uh, volume happening mm-hmm. on those networks
0: makes sense what uh what's the one regulation or law that you would change or improve if you could
1: Of course, you know this one <laughs> we all want this is it a little bit um, allow us innovators finally work and innovate mm-hmm. yeah and, so and just, the securities laws
0: and just revamp them,
1: yeah. Yeah, Makes absolutely. Sense. From thirties, finally, like make uh, it to to our century, and yeah, re- rewrite them.
0: What about aliens? Believer, non-believer?
1: There is something there. You think so? Yeah, I totally believe there is something. You're saying that...
0: like you know, like, like you've seen an <laughs> alien before. You no, know, I'm Russian.
1: <laughs> well, actually, yeah. Once I saw something un- unbelievable in my childhood, and I don't in know Russia? what was that in Russia. Yeah. What did you see? Something happened in uh, in the sky, uh but I I'm not sure what was that.
0: What like it was like lights or what?
1: A lot of lights, uh different colors, uh yeah, there were some speculations that there were some experiments with some rockets nearby, in the near city. But uh, I I was born in a nuclear power uh, plant um, serving city. So we were only 25,000 people in the city, only engineers. Uh, and um, it's a small town to see such a thing, a uh, random thing. Uh, yeah, but I don't know about aliens. Maybe not aliens, but there is something there in the universe.
0: Oh, there's definitely aliens. Come on. <laughs> the uh just so I can put it on the record, uh, I read yesterday that um there's uh a, a star that is close to the sun and previously that star there was a planet mm-hmm. revolving around it, mm-hmm. right? That's been known since 2016. Big deal. There is now speculation and confirmation there's a second planet revolving around that star. And so I don't know what that means. Yeah. Like it's in like the Hollywood just habitable uh, or habitable area, right? Uh, I said that word really funny. That's fine. Yeah. Um, Habitable uh, type planet. Yeah. Second one, all revolving around the star. And so, of course, I tweet it, right, because, yeah. you know, I, I basically have uh, only two types of friends on the Internet, people who like crypto or people who like aliens. Um, <laughs> and immediately people start tweeting back at me that it's four light years away. Mm. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> That's far as shit, though. Yeah. Right. And they still think that four light years away could be a planet in which life could exist. Oh, wow. Can't get to it, but we can somehow see it, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. This is scary to me.
0: <laughs> when, when you were in school in Russia, how many planets did they tell you there were?
1: Uh,
0: in in the- America, they told us nine. They tell you guys nine or they tell you more? Yeah,
1: in the sun system.
0: Yeah, yeah, Nine. Nine yeah, planets. Yeah.
1: And now suddenly there are...
0: Over a, a thousand. Little, yeah. I don't know where the other... <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know,
0: 991 of them came from. Um, but it, but it's pretty crazy to think about in yeah. terms of, you know, you're dealing with space and property here in, yeah. uh, on Earth. Like, yeah. Really a solar were, system were, out there. Yeah,
1: there is a whole universe there. We're such a small uh, planet, but also it's fascinating how we're built as humans, uh, how our system is self-sufficient. We have... This intelligence we're building the artificial. Well, intelligence. some of us have
0: intelligence. They, yeah, <laughs> you, I've seen some people on the internet that are uh, a little shaky yeah, on that. Yeah,
1: I've seen them. You've as seen well. them too? Yeah. <laughs> In our community, I've seen those too. <laughs> All
0: right, what well, one question you have for me to uh, to wrap this up?
1: Uh, the one question I would have is, um, what what is the kind of a founder you believe in? Uh, to succeed like generally simple
0: they don't give up that's it i'm a big believer that um building a company is really fucking hard uh and if you want to put yourself through that pain you have to have one very important quality and it's that you will literally take every punch right on the chin like you don't care you're not going to give up and if you can have that mentality you got a shot not guaranteed to succeed, but you're at least in a Get position a where you can be successful. Um, and you got to have a lot of things go right. You got to find the right people. Got to build the right product. And all that stuff's got to happen. Yeah. But if you don't have that quality, you're dead in the water. There's yeah. no way you can build a company. How
1: do you estimate evaluate one founder if they have that quality or not?
0: I don't know if you can necessarily evaluate it yeah. as much as uh, you're looking for. Um, other things in their life that they've gone through that are hard that mm-hmm. they didn't give up on. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, yeah. like, it's kind of this belief. Um, <laughs> I call it uh, the warrior theory. I've never uh-huh. actually shared this before. So, warrior yeah. theory is basically if you take somebody who joins a warrior culture, whether it's, you know, developed nations army or some kind of, you know, crazy, wild, uh, unsophisticated thing. Warrior theory is that if you put a warrior in that situation, whether it's their first day or their last day, they are predisposed to being successful. Mm -hmm. But the difference between the person who is their first day versus the last day is the warrior who it's their last day they've been through a lot, they're just – they're literally – war hardened right they, yeah. they've been through it like yeah. like they have mental armor they, they they are ready to handle anything because yeah. they have seen themselves perform over and over yeah. and over again in combat
1: yeah yeah
0: the person who's their first day they believe that they have it mm-hmm. but they've never proven it to themselves yeah and so that doesn't mean hey you got to go start a bunch of companies or anything yeah. like that it just means somebody who's been through a lot of hard things in their life immediately yeah. is better position to handle the next hard thing because yeah. they themselves know I've been through a lot of shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I think that that's something that. Um, and
1: know, and are you normally born as a warrior or you can uh, educate yourself?
0: I, I think that uh, people who are not warriors are just warriors that haven't been trained yet. Yeah. Meaning that it's all mindset. Yeah. Right. It's like It sounds stupid and and super cliche, whatever, but at the end of the day, it's not what happens to you, it's what you do about it, right? And so like entrepreneurs are better than anybody. Like there's, the shit entrepreneurs deal with on a daily basis, people that don't go through it have no clue. Like literally you can wake up, (laughs) you know, server basically melted down. Fuck. Yeah. Right. Okay. No oh, press came out. Look, we're so great. Yeah. Oh, wait. Uh, somebody on Twitter screaming at us because, you know, they lost their login or whatever. Yeah. Oh, we're, we just got nominated for an award, you know? Yeah. Okay. It's lunchtime. Yeah. <laughs> right? Exactly. And you just like, woke We got up. the rest of the day left. Like, so it's just the, like this crazy up and down yeah. all day long. And, it, and it's kind of, you got to get comfortable. Yeah. You in have that type to have the resilience.
1: Yeah for that and what are the like three tips uh short for those that are not waking up warriors but would love to be
0: (laughs) go do some hard shit there's no there's no three it's just one tip just go do hard shit yeah right and that's different for everybody right some people they need to do physically hard stuff Mm -hmm. right go work out, go on a hike, you know, all kinds of that kind of stuff. There's other people who need to put themselves in mentally hard positions, meaning Mm -hmm. that uh, they're very comfortable and they don't ever step out of that comfort zone. And so therefore they get
1: like to go to podcast. Yeah, do pump. a podcast. <laughs> if,
0: if you're scared of doing a podcast, you should go do a podcast. Yeah, right. Yeah, if yeah. you're scared of, you know, I don't know, fucking walking in uh Grand Central because you're claustrophobic and there's yeah, too many people. Yeah. Just go go there. fucking sit in Grand yeah, Central yeah. for an hour, right? Like, like whatever the thing is that you fear, mm-hmm. a lot of times I think the best thing to do is just do it. Yeah. And totally agree. The the over exaggerated example is like the parent who says, Hey, my kid doesn't know how to swim. Throw him in the pool. Yeah. Like, now I'm standing there. I'm going to make sure he doesn't drown. Right. Yeah, yeah. But like, that's one of the fastest ways to figure out the kid to figure out, like, how do you paddle? Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. How do you swim? Um, so, so I think like that stuff uh, generally in life um, is important. The other thing is go talk to people who've been through it, mm-hmm. right? And so like do hard shit, and then talk to other people who've done hard shit. Yeah. And if you start to surround yourself with like people with that warrior mindset, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're just like, yeah, this is yeah, what's you have expected. The
1: mindset, you're empowered. Yeah, it, yeah, it's
0: look. One of the greatest things that happened to me in my life is I grew up in a family of five boys. Oh, right?
1: yeah. Why? Yeah. I, I heard about that. Cause you can't be soft. Like you, you <laughs> yeah. just
0: couldn't be. Literally, if everyone wanted to do something and you didn't want to do it because you were yeah. scared or nervous or, you know, it was hard or whatever, the other four not only did it. And yeah. you didn't, so you felt left out. Yeah. But they made fun of you while they were doing it. Right? Yeah. So eventually, you just realized, like, all right, well, like, yeah, well, might as well I go mean, do this. <laughs> so look, you, you've been through all kinds of stuff in your life, right? Like, yeah. you're uh, you're a Russian influencer. You lived in Bulgaria, right? came to the US, didn't really know anybody. Like, all of those things are data points in a story that, mm-hmm. like, people go through hard shit in life, and yeah, if they are successful in overcoming those obstacles, they're likely to keep doing it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, agree with you.
0: It look every immigrant does right because they've all they've all lived it, mm-hmm. and it, it's like Plin and I talk about it all the time. It's just like there is something about people who, especially immigrants who come to the United States when they don't know anybody.
1: Yeah. And especially from a post communism country, you just are born to be resilient. And uh, if you're already here, you relocated yourself. That's uh, a very, very good sign that you go through hardships. You got here. So you're a fighter. Uh, yeah. And very often, yeah. Very often, I, I got those questions, especially female entrepreneurs, on how, how, to move forward when you don't know anybody, how to move forward if you you have a kid. Uh, so I totally agree with you, Pom, here that, yeah, just uh, do the hard thing and go uh, out of the zone of comfort. Like I, for example, had a fear of public speaking before when I just moved here. I very much feared my accent, uh, the lack of English fluency. Uh, You see now, again, I'm making the mistake, Uh, but just going there uh, out of the zone of comfort, and then you become uh, an expert in that, and even you have fans, and you influence people's life, and so you start enjoying something that you used to fear.
0: Yeah, it's practice.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right? like.
0: How, uh, I, I always am shocked by people who uh, believe that you're going to be good at something and you never practiced it,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: right? I literally have never met anybody who's just naturally like the best at something. Yeah. They might be good at it. They might be predisposed to be good at something, right? They might have certain talents that make them good at something, but they're never the best. And mm-hmm. so you're going to be the
1: best, yeah. go fucking practice. Exactly. Yeah.
0: All right. I'm getting off my soapbox. Where can uh, where can people <laughs> find Proppy? Proppy.com?
1: Proppy.com. Yeah.
0: All right. What's the Twitter handle?
1: Uh at proppy inc
0: at proppy inc and what and uh, what's your twitter handle
1: at P- Na- natalia proppy all
0: right at natalia proppy yeah all right thank you so much for Is doing it? this
1: absolutely thank you i enjoyed it very much
0: long proppy short all the soft people in the world Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey everyone pop here